The message this morning is, where does real courage come from? And we're going to be looking at the very well-known story between David and Goliath as it's found in 1 Samuel chapter 17. Where does real courage come from? The story of David and Goliath is a remarkable one. To set the scene, we are introduced to this lowly shepherd boy from Bethlehem by the name of David. That will be an important theme throughout this story. The lowly shepherd boy from Bethlehem, David. Remember last week, we saw this, we've heard the story of Ruth and Boaz. It was Ruth and Boaz who gave birth to a child who would eventually give birth to the line of David. And it is here in 1 Samuel chapter 17 that we see David who is just about 12 years of age. He is young. He is a young shepherd boy. He is not yet the king of Israel. A man by the name of Saul is the king. He is the king of Israel, and their enemies are the Philistines. The Philistines have now encamped across from the valley. So you have the Israelites on one side, and you have the Philistines on the other. And there in the valley is a giant taunting the people of God by the name of Goliath. And Saul is the king, and he doesn't know what to do. Saul surely doesn't want to face Goliath in the valley. No man from the army of Israel wants to face Goliath in the valley. And it would be a man that wasn't even in the army. A man not even old enough to be in the army. By the name of David from Bethlehem. That would step up to the plate to defend the honor of God. To defend and save the people of God in Israel. And conquer the giant. Where? Does this courage come from? First Samuel chapter 17, beginning in verse 41 through 51. And the Philistine moved forward and came near David with his shield bearer in front of him. And when the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance. And the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beast of the field. And David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head, and I will give you the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth might know that there is a God in Israel. That all this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with a sword and with a spear, for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hand. And when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took a stone and slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell on his face to the ground. And so David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone, and struck the Philistine and killed him. 
There was no sword in the hand of David. And then David ran and stood over the Philistine and took his sword, drew it out of its sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. And the grass withers and the flower fades. But the word of our Lord, it stands forever. Amen. Courage matters. It makes all the difference in the world. For the ancients, they would actually teach their children as a, in their core curriculum. One of the main learning of objectives of the ancients was the lesson of courage. For after all, if you know anything about the history of ancient civilization, you would understand the world in which children were being sent. In a world of chaos, in a world of confusion, in a war, world that was at war. And so children needed to be taught the core objective and learning outcome of courage. But our world doesn't seem any different today, does it? We're still sending our children into a world of chaos and confusion. And if there was ever a time in our history, if there was ever a time in our cultural moment where we needed to understand from Scripture, where does real courage come from? It is now. So what can we learn about courage from this story in 1 Samuel 17? The first thing I want you to see in this passage is that real courage requires a worthy cause. Real courage requires a worthy cause. Listen to me. It doesn't take courage to fill out your fantasy football draft. It doesn't take courage to hit a seven iron over the lake. Where does real courage come from. It requires a worthy cause. Now remember the setting. You have the Philistines on the one hand and you have the Israelites, the people of God on the other and the valley in between and Goliath stands in the midst taunting, we are told in the passage, for 40 days the people of God. And this is where the worthy cause comes from. In verse 46, we see David say this, this day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. And look at the end of that verse. So that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. That is the worthy cause. That is the worthy cause for David that day. So that the entire earth might know that there is a God in Israel. Listen to me. You and I long for our worthy cause in life, and we settle for things that are less than worthy. And there is nothing more worthy than to stand and to live and to battle on behalf of the King of kings and Lord of lords. And David says this battle, it belongs to the Lord. And David understood that the honor and the glory of the kingdom was at stake. And it is what causes and moves a young David to say, not on my watch. The honor and the glory of the kingdom must be defended so that the whole world might know that there is a king in Israel. That is our worthy cause, which gives us real courage in a world full of fear. In moments of fear, our courage comes from a worthy cause the calling of the scriptures is to not seek first 
your kingdom, and your comfort, but it is the calling of the King of kings and Lord of lords that calls you out of your comfort and says, seek first what? My kingdom and my righteousness. That is the calling of the people of God. We will never have courage in this life if we have a cause that is anything less than the honor and the glory of the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. The Christian life is not one of comfort and popularity. Listen to me again. The Christian life is not one of comfort and popularity. It is a stand for what is true and what is right, even if it costs you personally. Courage requires a worthy cause. The second thing I want you to see in 1 Samuel 17 is that courage requires a well-placed confidence. Everything we learn about Goliath screams what? Self-reliance. Self-satisfaction in his own laurels and his own power and his own capacity and being. He is the epitome of self-reliance. If he was a fighter, he would have been 39-0. and 0. This is the stature and the demeanor of Goliath. His confidence is solely based on himself. That's what gives him the confidence and the courage to taunt the Israelites for 40 days. His power, his strength, and his ability. And unfortunately, whether we want to admit it or not, far too often we are way more like Goliath than any other figure in character in this passage. Far too often we rest on our own power, our own capacity, our own ability. Far too often, whether we want to admit it or not, we are like Goliath, standing in our own strength and standing in our own power, and we would be amiss if we did not remember what it took to take down this giant, a tiny little stone. And what is the message this morning? For self-reliant people, all it takes is a little stone to strike us down. But on the other hand, if Goliath is the epitome of self-reliance, we see the opposite in the life of David. What does David say in verses 45, 46, and 47? Over and over again, he says what? The battle belongs to who? The battle belongs to the Lord over and over again. This is the anthem and the cry of King of David, who one day will be the king of the people of God. The battle belongs to the Lord. You see, the lesson of David's life was not, hey, look at my bravery, look at my strength. It was, no, wait till you see my God flex his muscles. This is where David's confidence was. And this is what was his source of courage and his strength. And listen to me. Could you imagine if you woke up every morning and one of the first things you said was my battle, this battle that I'm facing, this giant that stands in my way, this battle belongs to the Lord. To actually live in light of that glorious truth to not only know it, but mean it, and to live by that glorious promise that this battle, no matter what I face today, this battle belongs to the Lord. It is the only way that you and I will ever survive 
the battles and the giants of this life is to declare every day for those that are in Christ, this battle and this giant, this fight belongs to the Lord. So where does courage come from? A worthy cause, the honor and glory of the kingdom. Where does courage come from? A well-placed confidence, understanding that this battle, no matter how bad it might get in our lives and in our world, that this battle is the Lord's to fight. And lastly, courage requires a victorious champion. You notice that David never says, after fighting the battle, he never turns around to the army and says, Are you guys going to help? Never does it. Actually, the Israelite army doesn't pick up a sword, doesn't pick up anything. They just stand there and watch David fight the battle. But that's the whole point of the story. You see, what David represents here in 1 Samuel 17 is David is the family representative for the nation of Israel. This is how the ancients went to battle. The nation would pick a person to represent them. And if the representative lost, they lost. But if he won, they won. And that is precisely what is happening here in 1 Samuel 17. He is the victorious champion on behalf of the nation of Israel. And look what happens A few verses after the passage we read, verses 52 and 53, look what happens. David slays the giant, strikes him in the head, cuts off his head with the sword, and 52 and 53, the Israelites go crazy. They start chasing after the Philistines. Where did this bravery come from? Just moments ago, they were hiding in their homes, hiding behind every tree and under every rock, and now all of a sudden they have courage. Why? Because of their victorious champion. You see, it was in light of the victorious champion, David, winning the victory on their behalf, that gave a nation courage once again. And it would be centuries later that another lowly shepherd from Bethlehem would come by the name of Jesus who would come and fight the greatest battle the world has ever seen on the cross And it is on the cross on that Good Friday that if Jesus loses, you lose. But if he wins on the cross, you win forever. And we know how the story ends. Our victorious champion, the lowly shepherd from Bethlehem, Jesus the Christ, raises from the dead on the third day and he claims victory for you and for me and for all who call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. And this is the victory that we share in so that every day we can wake up and not only say the battle belongs to the Lord, but we can say in Christ we've already won. And the day hasn't even begun to live in light of that victory, to live in light of that promise that the victory has already been won on my behalf. David slayed the giant Goliath and brought salvation to a nation. But it would be Jesus who slays the giant of sin and death and brokenness once and for all and saves all those who place their faith and trust in him. Real courage begins when we understand that we have a champion who has fought and continues to fight on our behalf. 
so that we can go through life not saying, I have to worry about losing my reputation because in Christ we have his reputation. In Christ we don't have to worry about losing our riches because in Christ we have all the riches we could ever hope for or imagine. We don't have to go through life worried about losing our life because in Christ we have the eternal life that is granted freely to all those who believe. A worthy cause, a well-placed confidence, and a victorious champion who fights for you and for me. Elias was the heart and soul of his high school football team. He lettered all four years of high school and dressed for every single football game. But he never once saw the field. Elias was born with cerebral palsy. But every Friday night, he would be on the sidelines, dressed in his football uniform, in his wheelchair, cheering on his high school football team. And they said he was the heart and soul of the team. Well, on senior night, Elias' senior year, they surprised him. And with one minute left in the game, two of the seniors walked over, picked him up out of the wheelchair, and carried Elias with a ball in his hands from the 50-yard line all the way to the end zone so that he could score a touchdown. The newspaper said, those boys that night accomplished something for Elias that he could never do for himself. Because for a moment, just a moment, that young man stood up and he stood tall. Brothers and sisters, in Christ, you have a father that while you could do nothing, came and rescued you. Like Elias, no capacity, no power, no ability, and God came down in the person of Jesus Christ to fight the battle, to win. And you didn't even have to take a step. I want to ask you this morning, for those gathered here and those watching at home, do you know him? Do you know this victorious champion that has won the battle on your behalf? It is the only way that you and I could ever survive. Listen to me. There are some here this morning that are fighting battles and facing giants that are way too daunting. And in Christ this morning, you can say that the battle for the souls of my children, it belongs to the Lord. This morning, you can say the battle to save my marriage, it belongs to the Lord. You can say the battle for my health, it belongs to the Lord. Some of you dealing with extreme loss this morning, you can say the battle belongs to the Lord. This is our anthem, and this is our cry, and this is where real courage comes from. So that in Christ you can wake up tomorrow morning and you can say, my giants come to me with a sword, and my giants come to me with a spear, and my giants come to me with a javelin. But I, I come in the name of the Lord. Amen.